Thanks for joining us today on site and online. Shall we give a hand to those who serve us today? Shall we? Our worship team, our ushers, our production crew, audio and visual, our traffic marshals, and of course, our cafe ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. I just went out with one Gracian this morning and he said, Wow, it's so nice to be at a cafe, to be able to catch up with friends for a long time. So really thank you for serving us in this family. We appreciate you. As Pastor Litra has uh, shared just now, we are currently at the sixth installment of the sermon series focusing on the book of Joshua, Inheriting the Promised. If you have missed any of the previous installment, may I encourage all of us to uh, visit our Grace Assembly YouTube channel and uh, to catch up with the previous uh, sermons over there. All right, in last week's installment, we talked about expecting God's miracle. And we have examined three miraculous events that God promised and delivered. Right, remember, we, we talked about crossing of the river, Jordan River, destruction of the Jericho War, and of course, the defeat of the five Amorite kings. And the Israelites went on and defeated all the kings of the land. The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, and the Mosquitoites, and everything. Right? They went on and conquered all the kings. Finally, finally, it is time to receive God's inheritance, the promised land as covenanted to Abraham. So the title for today's sermon is Receive Our Inheritance. Receive Our Inheritance. Many years ago, before we have Grab and Goja and all that stuff, I was commuting in an NTUC Comfort Taxi one day. And I was uh, on, on the taxi, I saw on the window decal there was a promotion to enter a lucky draw via sending the SMS. All right, some of you stare at me, what's SMS, right? And you could win a pair of free budget airline ticket to Macau. How many have you seen such promotion before? How many of you? Oh, I'm the owner of the cab, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, since I was alone in a taxi with no Spotify or no TikTok to entertain me that day, I entertained myself. I sent that SMS. Not FOMO, not FOMO, but really just for fun. And you guess what? <laughs> I won the pair of etiquettes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was, I have never won a lucky draw in my life. It's the first time. Praise the Lord. But that's the, well, that's the issue. I didn't claim it. I didn't claim it. You see, I wasn't married at that time and I, I wouldn't want to travel alone with my then girlfriend. Right, when I shared this in Next Gen yesterday, he, okay. But the truth of the matter is that uh, as work piled up, I was busy and I've forgotten totally about it and I missed the deadline to claim it. Well, church, in order to receive something, you and I know that we need to do our part to claim it. So tell the one beside you, do your part. Right? So the big idea for today is God desires us to claim His inheritance. God desires us to claim His inheritance. So the question is, how 
can we receive our inheritance from the Lord? How can we? So first of all, may I suggest that we need to follow God with total obedience. Follow God with total obedience. God promised the land of Canaan to Abraham's offspring in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. Even though hundreds of years and many generations had passed, God promised never failed. Tell the one beside you, never. God promised never failed. After entering the land of Canaan and defeating all the Canaanite kings, it is now time to claim the promised land as an inheritance to the various tribes of Israel. Let's read uh, the today's passage taken from Joshua 14, reading from verse 1. These are the inheritances that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan, which Eliezer, the priest, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. Their inheritance was by lot, just as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine and the one-half tribes. Verse 3, For Moses had given an inheritance to the two and the one-half tribes beyond the Jordan. But to the Levites, he gave no inheritance among them, for the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in, with their pasture lands for their livestock and their substance. Verse 5, the people of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. They allotted the land. You'll notice that in this passage that we just read, the phrase, as the Lord commanded Moses, was mentioned twice. What did God command Moses to do? God gave clear instruction on how to divide the land. We can find this in Numbers 34. Let me quickly read to you from verse 13. Moses commanded the people of Israel, saying, This is the land that you shall inherit by lot, which the Lord had commanded to give to the nine and to the half tribe. For the tribe of the people of Reuben by father's house and the tribe of the people of Gad by their father's house have received their inheritance. And go on so forth. And let's jump to verse 16. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, These are the names of the men who shall divide the land to you for inheritance. Eliezer the priest and son of uh, Joshua, son of Nun, you shall take one chief from every tribe to divide the land for inheritance. Church, the Israelite obeyed God exactly on how the land was to be inherited. Eliezer, the priest, Joshua, and the tribe leaders cast lots to distribute the lands. How many of you here would like to divide your inheritance by lots? Draw lots. Interesting. Right. The Israelites received their inheritance as promised by God. And Joshua chapter 13 to 19 described the allotment to the 12 tribes. Well, for the interest of time, we won't be reading seven chapters here, but for ease of reference, allow me to show you a map on the screen 
the tribal allotment of Israel. You'll see that the Jordan River run from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea, dividing them to the left and right, west, uh, east and the west. You will see clearly that the land was divided for the two and a half tribe uh, to the east of Jordan River, which is on my, on my left, and the other nine and a half tribe on the west of Jordan River. Joshua won the war over a total of 31 kings on the west side of Jordan. 31 kings. Well, the war was over. The land had been distributed to the tribes, but there was unfinished work to be done. Unfinished work. What was it? There were lands yet to be taken. You see, church, allotment of the land does not mean that the Canaanites would just pack and leave. The Israelites had to, had to conquer and possess the land. In Joshua 13, it says here, Now, Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years. And there remains yet very much land to possess. And uh, verse 2 to 6 goes on to describe the boundary of the land that yet to be taken. And for ease of reference again, allow me to show the next slide, the land to be conquered. Yeah, you will see on the screen right now, the red area was the limit of Israelite control, while the green were areas to be possessed. Wow. You can see from the map that the work was far from done. While God's promise of the land allotment was fulfilled and the Israelites rested from wonder, wandering in the desert wilderness, ceasefire was only temporary. The Israelites had to enter and take possession of it and drive out all the inhabitants. That was something that Israelites failed to do. Why? Because there were surviving remnants of the Anakims, the giants, remember, still found in some areas. Over here, it says here, Joshua devoted them to destructions with their cities. There were none of the Anakims left in the land of the people of Israel. Only where? Only in Gaza, in Gath, and Ashdod did some remain. And there were also the Jebusites and the Canaanites whom the Israelites could not drive out. They could not drive out. They remained in the midst of the people. You will find them in Joshua 16. Over here it says here, together with the towns that were set apart for the people of Ephraim, within the inheritance of the Masanites, Manassites, all those towns with their villages. However, they did not drive out the Canaanites who live in Giza. So the Canaanites who lived in the midst of Ephraim to this day, but have been made to do forced labor. And there's another verse in uh, Joshua 17. Yeah, the people could not take possession of those cities, but the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. And when the people of Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but they did not utterly drive them out. Well, some may think 
the Israelites could not drive out the Canaanites out, but at least uh, they put them on forced labour. No fish stream also good. It is better to do something than nothing at all. But friends, forced labour was not devoting to total destructions as commanded by the Lord. There is a Chinese saying here, 对敌人仁慈就是对自己残忍 The literal translation means to show mercy or compassion to your enemy is to be cruel to yourself. Especially in the context here where their failure to eradicate the Canaanites totally as commanded by the Lord had serious consequences. The Lord already warned them in Deuteronomy, over here in chapter 20, it says here, but in the cities of these people, that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, you shall save a life, nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction, just as the Lord had commanded. Verse 18, that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods. And so you sin against the Lord your God. In this church, we know that it will be only a matter of time before Israel worshipped pagan gods among them and sinned against Yahweh again. Right, we fast forward to after the death of Joshua and see what the Bible says. In Judges, it says here, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baal, or Baal, uh, some, uh, some people call it. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went, after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. In verse 13, they abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and Ashtoreth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them and he sowed them into the land of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Church, I want you to know that there are consequences if you do not follow and obey God's command. The Israel tribes, the Israel tribes disobeyed God and failed to receive their inheritance fully. God's desire us to claim His inheritance, but we need to follow God with total obedience. Are there promises that God has given you but required you to obey Him by stepping out in faith to claim it? God has promised us the salvation of our parents our siblings, our spouse, our children. 
And we are to obey God to, by sharing the gospel with them. Have we done our part? Is the task too daunting, like a giant to you? You may be thinking, will they reject me? Will they mock at me? Will I look silly? Is fear stopping you to let go and let God? The question for us is, God desire us to claim His inheritance. Are we willing to face our own giants to claim it? So firstly, church, we need to follow God with total obedience. And secondly, we need to trust God. Trust that God is bigger than any giants in our life. Amen? We need to trust God with an unwavering faith. Trust God with an unwavering faith. Although Israel was dis disobedient to, uh, to Yahweh, we see here one character who had an unwavering faith in Yahweh. His name was Caleb. So let's continue reading the passage from uh, Joshua 14, verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at uh, Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzites, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spell the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went out with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses saw on that day, surely the land on which your foot had trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. He was fully devoted, loyal, and faithful to Yahweh. This was demonstrated in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 when Caleb was sent as one of the 12 spies to explore Canaan. Well, I believe most of us recall the story. 10 of them returned with a bad report and instilled fear in the people. But only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, returned with a favorable report and encouraged the Israelites to enter the land by faith. A quick recap of what Caleb said over here. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly, exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Like what we will say, a piece of cake, right? Their protection is removed, is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. 
And verse 10, then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Caleb was fierceless. He saw God bigger than the enemies and bigger than all his fears. He could have been easily influenced by the other 10 spies and he chickened out. He could have, but no. He was committed to God and took an unpopular stand among the majority of the people. Despite it being a position that might have caused him to be stoned, he held on to his believing loyalty towards Yahweh. He trusted what the Lord said he would do, he would deliver. Can I hear a loud amen to that? As Christians, I guess we often face such dilemma, don't we? Sometimes our decisions and our actions are not the most popular. And we face oppositions, we face rejections. But I believe this is when we need to trust God and do the right thing. We need to trust God. As leaders, sometimes it may even mean that you will be misunderstood or some say even crucified without knowing the reason why and often without any chance to explain. But friends, we are not here for a popularity contest. It is better to please God than to please men. So tell the one beside you, please God. Because Caleb trusted and followed the Lord fully, he was praised by God for having a different spirit. And God promised him and his, and his descendants an inheritance of land. Let us continue the passage uh, in verse 10. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. Verse 12. So now, give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Verse 13, Then Joshua blessed him and he gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Hallelujah. And verse 15 here, it says, And now the name of Hebron formerly was Kareath Abba. Abba was the greatest man among the Anakim and the land had rest from war. Whoa. Caleb waited patiently 
for 45 years for God's promised land to be fulfilled. He was unwavering in his faith. I guess many of us could have grown impatient after waiting for four and a half days. And by four and a half years, we would have given up. Anyone here waited for 45 years for God's promise to come to pass? Anyone? Well, maybe for some of us, maybe it's a salvation of our parents, maybe, perhaps. We see here that Caleb was fully devoted, loyal, and faithful to Yahweh. And apart from Joshua, Caleb was probably the oldest among all the Israelites by now. Remember that the entire generation had died during the Exodus. But at 85, Caleb still had the same strength, passion, and faith in the Lord. While some guys in Singapore can't wait to complete their reservists by 40, and for those officers among us by 50, Caleb was ready for war at 85. Wow. Caleb did not allow his age to stop him. And at his age, he could have asked for a safer, an easier, and a nicer place to settle, like the one in Tampanese with the red lobby. He could have. But no, Caleb boldly requested to take the hill country he brought. He was not afraid to take on the Anakim, the giants there. And what? He wanted to take on Arba. And verse 15 says that he was the greatest man among the Anakim. He was ready for battle to drive out the giants, the very ones who brought fear upon his people 45 years ago. Caleb had an unwavering faith because of his trust in the Lord. The giants may be big, but church, I want to tell you that our God is bigger. Tell the one beside you, our God is bigger. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For those of you online, type in the chat right now, God is bigger. Hallelujah. And you are never too old, church, or too young to conquer new territories, to conquer new mountains, to claim new grounds and land for God. Amen. So the question for us today is this. What is the inheritance God desires us to claim? What is the inheritance God desires us to claim? The most precious inheritance to God are people and the people of the nation. Let me repeat that again. The most precious inheritance to God are people and the nations around us. As followers of Jesus, you and I, we are God's chosen people. Those who will inherit salvation. You and I, we are those who will inherit salvation. Written in Hebrew 1.14. Our in eternal inheritance is salvation and hope in Christ. Can I hear a loud amen to that? And God desire all, everyone, hampalang, everyone, all people, to be saved. John 3.16, a verse that is so familiar to all of us, 
Shall we repeat that together? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. God desires everyone to claim His inheritance of eternal life. The question I have for you today is, then what are we going to do about it? What are we doing about it when we know that God desires everyone to be safe and inherit eternal life? Where are the lands yet unclaimed? And where are the people yet to be reached? And how have we used our resources and invested in our time and talent to conquer the land for God? What are we doing about it? Can I propose two applications for all of us today as we reflect on, the, on, on Caleb and the inheritance of the land from the Israelites? Two applications. Number one, missions overseas. Missions overseas. You and I know that missions is the heartbeat of God. It's the heartbeat of God. We see that throughout the Bible. So let's extend the inheritance of salvation to more people and more nations. Can I encourage all of us that if you are able to give, give generously to missions. If you are able to pray, do include grace missions in your daily prayers. We are constantly in spiritual warfare at the forefront, at the front line. And better still, if you are able to go, why not ask the Lord to show you where your missions field is? Three weeks ago, we had our missions convention. We heard how God moved powerfully in the nations. And we witnessed how from a church planter, salvation has reached to many generations, from Pastor A to Pastor B to Pastor C, and so on and so forth. But church, there are still much work to be done. Much work to be done. Senior pastor made a call that day for the semi-retired to give one year of your time to Grace Missions. Give one year of your time to Grace Missions. What's stopping you to be involved? What's stopping you? What are your giants? Is aged a barrier? Caleb was 85 and he's ready for war. You're never too old. And for some of us, you're never too young. Or are you just thinking about your own agenda after retirement? Does your agenda include missions in your checklist? And for those of us who are still working, are you only thinking of doing missions after your retirement? Why not give your best years to God right now? Or is fear of the unknown in missions stopping you? So church, can I encourage all of us that we need to follow God with total obedience to His command to go and make disciples of all nations. Let us trust God with an unwavering faith like Caleb, even if the giants are right in front of us. 
Don't let our fears or any obstacles prevent us from experiencing God's work in our lives. Invest your time, your talents, and treasures in missions. Amen. Tell the one on your left, obey God. And now you tell the one on your right, go for missions. For those of you online, type in the chat right now, obey God and go for missions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And right now, can I propose the second application for us today? Second applications. Missions to your loved ones. Missions to your loved ones. How about our loved ones? Have they inherited the gift of salvation? How many of us have someone, someone in our family or our extended family who has yet to receive Jesus? Give me a show of hand. Many of us here. Many of us here. And we know that our faith is supposed to be contagious, right? It's supposed to be contagious. So I encourage you to go and be strong and courageous and share the gospel with them. Perhaps your parents have rejected and remained closed to the gospel for years. Perhaps your partner, your spouse, or your siblings are very against your faith. Or perhaps your children have left the church. Whatever your mountains or giants may be, let's trust in the promise of God in Acts 16.31 that it says that when we believe in our Lord Jesus, we and our household will be saved. Can I hear a loud Amen. Hallelujah. When we commit everything into God's hands, you will see God's hand in everything. Friends, we are just four weeks to Good Friday. Just four weeks, one month away. Let us be an active participant in evangelism. Many of, uh, maybe, maybe some of us here have waited many years for our loved ones to be safe. Caleb waited for 45 years to receive his inheritance. God's promise never failed. May I encourage all of us to fast and pray for our loved ones. Fast and pray. Better still, reach out to them and share the gospel again. The nth time, six times, seven times, eight times, doesn't matter. Reach out to them and share with them again. Or invite them to, to our Good Friday services that week. We believe it is time of harvest, a time to claim the promised inheritance of God. Amen. The best gift we can ever give to our loved ones is the eternal inheritance of salvation. Hallelujah. Church, in conclusion today, God desires us to claim His inheritance. Let us follow God with total obedience. Inheritance of salvation has been given through our Lord Jesus to all those who believe. But we need to do our part to share with those around us. And we need to trust God with an unwavering faith. Whatever your giants may be, let's trust that God, He is with us and He is for us. Let us pray. Hallelujah.
May I invite everyone to bow your head and close your eyes this morning all across this place. Hallelujah. Let's spend some time to reflect upon God's word this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. The Lord, your word reminds us that we need to follow you with total obedience. Lord, indeed, O oh Lord, we have prayed for our loved ones to be safe. But Lord, we want to obey you this morning that we will tap a step further to face our own giants to just to open our mouth and invite them to share with them Jesus Christ once again. Because Lord, we believe it is your desire for all of us that none shall perish, that all of us will inherit our eternal salvation. So right now, this morning, all across this place, I want to pray for some of us here. It's for the salvation of your loved ones. Perhaps you have been reaching out for, to them for years, but they have been rejecting you. They, are, they remain close to the gospel. You feel like they're giving up, but yet at the same time, you really want them to inherit the eternal promise. This morning, may I encourage you to be strong and courageous. The Lord has promised that believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your households. So it's for those of us, if you have any unsaved loved ones, it could be your parents, your siblings, your spouse, your children, your neighbours or friends, would you lift up your hands right now and commit their names to the Lord all across the place? Thank you, thank you. I see many hands at the gallery. Thank you so much. As you lift up your hands, you commit the name to the Lord. You're responding to God's and lift up your, the, the names of your loved ones to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. The precious names that the Lord has died on the cross and on the third day resurrected for us so that we can inherit the eternal promise of salvation. If you have any unsaved loved ones right now, can I invite you to lift up your hands right now all across this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you online as well, if you have any unsaved loved one and you want them to receive the, 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 the gift of salvation, you type in the chat, I want. Hallelujah. So that our online host will pray along with you as well. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. May I invite all of us to stand right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the worship team leads us in this song, can I invite those of us who have lift up your hands to take a step of faith right now to come to the altar, to the front and present the name of your loved one to the Lord yourself. And our leader and pastors would like to support you and pray along with you. Come, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you, Lord, take a look Everything we have, use it for your plan. Won't you, Lord, take a look at our the fire to stand in the gap between the living and the dead it was a heart of compassion for a world without vision we will 
And receive the eternal gift of inheritance. You come to the front right now and present the name to the Lord. All across the place. Hallelujah. church this morning I want to make a second altar call to some of us here if you are here today and you heard the message of eternal salvation and you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour and this morning you say pastor I want Jesus I want to receive Jesus into my life I want, Jesus, I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Saviour. I want to inherit this gift of salvation. If that is you, with every eyes closed and every head bowed, may I invite you to lift out your hands to the Lord. If you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, all across the place here, I don't want to miss you. Anyone here, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Hallelujah. I want to give you some time to respond to the Lord. Hallelujah. All across the place, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, can you take a step of faith and lift up your hands to receive Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you lift up your hands, if I missed you, can you just come to the front right now so that our ushers, our pastors can pray with you. If you lift up your hands, you come to the front right now. And for some of us, hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. Let's give the sister a clap. Hallelujah. 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 And is there anyone here, perhaps you have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, but you have left the faith. You have left the faith for whatever reasons. And today, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You lift out your hands to Jesus. Anyone here? You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You accepted Jesus before, but you left the faith for whatever reasons between you and the Lord. They knows, he knows. You want to receive Jesus again in your life. You rededicate your life to Jesus. Can you lift out your hands? For every eyes closed and every head bowed, let's respect this time for those who will respond to the Lord right now. Anyone here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May I invite our sister to come to the front? I'd like to pray with you. Come, let's give her a clap, shall we? 
Hallelujah. Shall we receive Jesus into our life? Shall we stretch our hands as we, as we pray with her? Come, hallelujah. Let's repeat after. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your promise of eternal inheritance of salvation. I confess I'm a sinner and I need your grace. Lord Jesus, I accept you. I receive you as my personal Lord and Saviour. May you forgive me of all my sins. May you come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my King over my life. And may the Holy Spirit come and fill me. Help me to know Jesus more and more. I surrender myself to you, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 Let's worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. And Lord, I give you.